0: someone on Twitter suggested that this following parody song should be used by Trump as a campaign ad. And hunters in the basement with a silver spoon. The hookers and drugs
1: were gonna be there soon. When you're coming home Dad, I don't know when. I'll be good and high by then dead. Yeah, I'll be good and high by
2: then. Picking through rugs, um, smoking anything that even remotely resemble crack cocaine i'm very proud of my son my son came around just the other day he said i got me a deal where we can both
3: get paid can i trade on your name i said sure okay will anyone know he said no no way and as he walked away he looked kind of dim and
2: said i'm gonna be like him yeah you know I'm gonna be like him. He's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And Hunter's in the basement with his silver
1: spoon. Your Ukrainian brides were gonna be there soon. When you're coming
4: home, Dad, I don't know when. I'll put aside your 10% dad.
0: Set aside your 10% dad. Because Hunter's in the basement with his silver spoon. Which he's using to uh, to heat up things that he can inject and smoke. I don't know much about drugs, but I've seen enough movies to know that they put something in a spoon and... Is that heroin? I don't know. Not a druggie. Let's get into this. Let's get this show started.
2: We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administ- the President Obama's administration before this, we have put together, I think, the most extensive, an inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.
0: Welcome to the BCP Podcast. I am James, the Black Conservative Patriot. Therefore, that's why this show is called the BCP Podcast. Big hug to all of y'all. A little bit of... Uh, Housekeeping up front. This may be a short week with programming. I am going to be going to the Reawaken America in Tulare, California. I leave Thursday, and it's an all-day event Friday and Saturday. So this uh, may be my last podcast for a few days. Um, going to, uh, going to that is going to be great for the show. Uh, this is. Uh, Brother Clay's event. Also, uh, Patrick Byrne will be there. Uh, He's texted me that he'll be there late Friday. Maybe uh, we're working on having him on the show. General Flynn, there'll be a lot of people uh, from Don Jr. and others that have uh, been there. And uh, I will have VIP access. So uh, hopefully, I can line up a lot of great people to be on the BCP podcast. I would imagine with the holidays coming up, uh, building relationships, uh, finding out who we can have on this show in the coming weeks and or months. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, It'll be, I guess, they're long days. They go from 6.30 in the morning to like 8.30 on Friday uh, and Saturday, and um, it's kind of a bit of a drive. Uh, I'm in California for the holidays. Uh, Too cold in Utah right now. And uh, anyhow, so I will try to maybe do an episode but uh, probably won't be able to do one seeing how they're all-day events. So anyway, I just wanted to uh, let you know that's where I'll be. And if you're going to be there, look for me. Come find me. Give me a hug. Introduce yourself to me. And Mrs. BCP will be accompanying me as well. We look forward to it. Oh, real quick, one last thing as far as housekeeping is concerned. For those of you on Locals watching the program i've had trouble with the uploads for instance uh the upload for episode 3174 there was something going on in the back end it says it's going to take like 3 or 4 hours to upload so if that happens you will still get the episode i like everyone to get it at the same time i literally go and everything gets uploaded or published at the same exact time sometimes there might be like a 2 or 3 or 4 minute difference between you know when it hits the the, the podcast uh, from the RSS feed and when and generally locals and patreon will get it within a few minutes of each other. But if for some reason if there is a delay, make sure that you go uh, you click on the picture, may not get something, there will be a link to it. Um, so I have a Wistia account to host videos. Uh, when locals has this issue and it may be coming up a little bit just in in the next week or so, uh, talking to locals, they are, they're actually upgrading their infrastructure. And I was like, they didn't give me details, but I'm thinking maybe they're moving servers or what have you. So there may be some delays in uploading. You're not going to miss out on it. You just may have to click on a video uh, on a video link to go. And it'll take you to where I host my videos to watch it. So that's for those of you on locals hopefully they'll sort this out in the next couple of days um, but just in case we still have this issue later this week or next week when I upload the next episode just be aware that if you can't click on the thumbnail of the picture, go into the uh, the actual post and there will be a link to the video. okay, let's get into several things that I want to share with you today um, I want to play with uh, play for you this flashback from 2020. When President Trump was warning us about the election possibly being stolen in 2020 and fraud due to all the mail-in ballots that were just being sent to everyone on the voter rolls. And guess who was on TV defending President Trump that he wasn't crazy being worried about this? That's right, then Attorney General Bill Barr. We're going down this memory lane for a reason it will segue into some reporting i want to share with you
1: this is you it's know, reckless well this is a you know sort of cheap talk to get around the fundamental problem which is the bipartisan commission chaired by jimmy carter and james baker said back in 2009 that mail-in voting is fraught with the risk of fraud and coercion. But since then, and, there have and been a until lot this administration. You no, know, sorry. I haven't proved it. Let me talk. Yeah, please. Uh, and since, this, since that time, there have been in the newspapers, in networks, academic studies saying it is open to fraud and coercion. The only time the narrative changed is after this administration came in. But elections that have been held with mail have found substantial fraud and coercion. For example, we indicted someone in Texas, 1,700 ballots collected from people who could vote. He made them out and voted for the person he wanted to. Okay? That kind of thing happens with mail-in ballots, and everyone knows that. But there are individual cases, but as far as widespread fraud... We haven't
2: seen that since, uh, since well, we have.
1: We haven't, haven't had the kind of widespread use of mail in ballots as being proposed. We've had absentee ballots from people who request them from a specific address. Now what we're talking about is mailing them to everyone on the voter list when everyone knows those voter lists are inaccurate. People who should get them don't get them, which is what has been one of the major complaints in states that have tried this in, in municipal elections. And uh People who get them are not the right people. They're people who have replaced the, occup- the previous occupant, and they can make them out. And sometimes multiple ballots come to the same address with a whole genera- several generations of occupants. Do you think that's a way to run a vote? Well, uh, the only thing I'm saying is that so far we haven't seen widespread fraud. But you- so far we haven't tried it. Well, and the point is that a lot of us. Uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican. Well, this state is, like is Utah- playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. And the people are
0: playing with fire. Well, All right. So that exchange. With the Situation Room, with Wolf Blitzer, between A.G. Bill Barr and Wolf Blitzer That was from September 2nd, 2020. I don't know what happened between September 2020 and January 20th, 2021, and beyond where Bill Barr went totally anti-Trump. I mean, we always knew he was a deep state plant. I was positive. I was optimistic that he would do the right thing. He was saying the right things. And people that I trust and whose judgment I trust at the time had full confidence in Bill Barr. People... Like the honorable, and I do believe he's a very honorable man, Jim Jordan, Mark Meadows, a lot of people, President Trump had confidence in Bill Barr. In the end, he was a lot of talk and no action, but right here, he very much is defending the fact that mail-in ballots are fraught with fraud. That was a couple of months, less than a couple months before the vote. Now, here is the, uh, I told you that would segue into the next thing I want to talk about, and it's this, this survey. More than one in five mail-in voters admit to cheating in 2020 election. In the 2020 election, more than one in five voters who submitted ballots by mail say they did so fraudulently, a survey from Rasmussen Reports and the Heartland Institute reveals. The survey asked those who voted by mail in the 2020 election if they filled out a ballot, quote, in part or in full on behalf of a friend or family member, such as a spouse or child, to which 21% said they had done so. One in five ballots, mail-in ballots in 2020, according to this Rasmussen, and Rasmussen is one of the more accurate and upstanding polling outfits. One in five said yes, they had. Though many states allow voters to receive assistance while voting, the Heartland Institute notes filling out ballots on behalf of another person is illegal across the United States. In addition, 17% of mail-in voters in the 2020 election said they cast a ballot in a state where they were no longer a permanent resident, a violation of federal election law. Another 17% of mail-in voters said they signed a ballot on behalf of someone else, also a violation of election law. The result of this survey are nothing short of stunning, uh, Justin Haskins with the Heartland Institute said in a statement. For the past three years, Americans have repeatedly been told that the 2020 election was the most secure in history, but if this poll's findings are reflective of reality, the exact opposite is true. This conclusion isn't based on conspiracy theories or or suspect evidence, but rather from the responses made directly by the voters themselves. Another 10% of all voters said they know someone who admitted to casting a mail-in ballot in a state where they are not a permanent resident, and 11% said they know someone who admitted to signing a mail-in ballot on behalf of someone else in the 2020 election. In the 2020 election, mail-in voting skyrocketed as states rushed to loosen election laws under the guise of the threat of the Chinese coronavirus pandemic. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 43% of all voters that year cast ballots by mail and 26% cast ballots before election day. So for them to have all these machines in place, it, it, it begs this question. I saw this question on the Rasmussen reports a few days ago. Lab leak. How did they know millions of dollars were required to pre-order machines for a process? That process is the mass mailing of unsolicited election ballots to every registered voter that was then illegal in America. Somebody knew early about the 2020 election changes. Who? This is something that we questioned in 2021 and they haven't brought up since then. How did they have the entire infrastructure to send out election ballots and print them and order the, pre-order the machines for this process? Early in 2020, before the pandemic was even a pandemic. Because remember, this was illegal before they changed all the rules, even though it was supposed to be done by state legislators. Food for thought. I know we're just conspiracy theorists, but you start connecting the dots. And obviously, this was a pre-planned conspiracy in the making way before. Now they're trying to jail President Trump before the elections. That's how they're trying to rig it this time around. And... There was a very interesting conversation between Tucker Carlson and Megyn Kelly about what will happen if they jail Trump ahead of November. What will happen? Let's listen in.
5: This is one of the reasons why I said if if this judge Chutkin in D.C., this federal judge, because we assume Trump's going to get convicted in that case. I mean, the smart bet would be this D.C. jury convicts him because they hate him politically. Ninety two percent voted for Joe Biden. And she hates him. Um, that if they, if she puts him in jail pending appeal before the election, the country's going to burn. And then all this blowback. You know, all these people say, "Oh my God, she's calling for violence." I'm not calling for violence, but the, there is no way the Trump base is not going to be beside itself with anger at that level of deprivation of being able to simply vote for the candidate of choice. That's what's being. Taken away here, like to your point.
3: Well, yeah. And, you know, speaking of violence, that's what you're going to get. And speaking as someone who detests violence, and I, I've seen war, that's why I detest violence. So I spent a lot of my career trying to argue against more wars because I think violence is the worst thing. But I'm just being honest here if you leave people no alternative, then what do you think is gonna happen? I mean, the whole point of electoral democracy is that it's a pressure relief valve that takes people who are very frustrated with the way things are going and gives them a way to express themselves, have their desires heard, and ultimately their will done to be represented in a peaceful way. And if you take that away, if you haven't staged an unfair election, which 2020 was, you know, if you if you suppress information that voters need to make an informed decision, you're rigging the election. And they did that.
0: Yes, they suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, but I'm not going to do a soft thing like Tucker Carlson. They rigged the election through mail-in ballots, flipping votes electronically, and suppressing and destroying votes of conservatives. And they did it again in 2022, and there have been no consequences. Now Tucker Carlson says something very interesting about the violence, that if there's a violent uprising from people because their preferred candidate, Donald John Trump, is ceremoniously, unethically, unhonestly, and unconstitutionally, in a Marxist fashion, arrested... There's going to be something worse than the violence. And I want to talk about that. So Mm -hmm. if you keep doing that and people are like, wait, I have no economic power.
3: You've devalued my currency. So it's like $11 for a dozen eggs and my vote doesn't matter anymore. Well, then what do I have? Like what power do I have? And you know, you're going to get violence if you keep this shit up. And that's just the truth. And I yep. am very upset about that. I don't want that to happen. I think the counter
0: violence will be much more
3: extreme than the
0: violence. The counter violence is going to be more extreme than the violence. In other words, the weaponized government, military, and law enforcement, the counter violence against protests and riots and not even a revolution, but just people getting in the streets is going to be worse. Think of what they've done to relatively nonviolent, innocent J6ers. Folks, they're preparing for this. They have a plan. They're going to try to kill President Trump or imprison him. And then everyone that fights back against that is going to be an insurrectionist. They already know who may have a propensity to do that. The FBI has been spying on us and calling us domestic terrorists. They're going to use the Patriot Act or something else to get, or they don't even need to make have a law. They can, they'll can just by executive order from Joe Biden. MAGA extremists on the loose. They'll say that we do not respect the rule of law, that Trump was found guilty and indicted and thrown in jail. And that we're all domestic terrorists that don't accept the rule of law. And they will crush many people. The counter violence will be worse than the violence. Pray it doesn't come to that. Any rational person
3: can see what's coming. So they have to stop this. The charges against Trump are not real. They're not even for serious crimes. I was told Trump was like a murderer and had killed a bunch of people in New Jersey or something. He didn't even cheat on his taxes. And they're Mm. treating him like a felon at the same time. Like they protect, you know, Epstein until they have to murder him in
0: his cell. It's like, it's insane. And it's all on public display. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody does know what's going on. And by everybody, we mean the entire world. Everyone knows that Biden isn't the... Legitimate president. Damn it. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it and everyone's just playing along on the other side. Okay, let's switch gears here. This is some clips that I want to show you from the last few days. Um, This lady is now running to be the next North Carolina superintendent of public instruction. Take a look at her if you live in North Carolina. Her name is Michelle Morrow. Uh, here's local news ballot bites. North Carolina challengers line up as a 2024 candidate filing period winds down. Uh, that's uh, This is today uh, out of North Carolina. In the race for state superintendent of public instruction, incumbent Catherine Truitt will be seeking another four-year term. Truitt has already drawn a primary opponent from the right with Michelle or Michelle or Michele. Morrow entering the race. Morrow is the mother of five homeschooled children who was endorsed by Moms for Liberty in her unsuccessful bid last year to join the Wake County School Board. Morrow has been a vocal critic at local school board meetings, calling for greater scrutiny of the books in school libraries. She also notably attended Stop the Steal Rally in Washington, D.C. after Donald Trump lost his re-election bid. Well, I did too. And uh, I also homeschooled my children. She's a very well-educated lady here. Uh, Michelle Morrow is. Uh, She was uh, born in New Hampshire. She has a bachelor's from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And her career experience includes working as a nurse, grassroots activist, homeschool educator, and high school biology, chemistry, civic, Spanish, and health teacher. Uh, She was a missionary in Mexico for four years. uh, And she has, uh, looks like a nursing... Uh, background, uh, perhaps as well. Let's see, uh, it just says that she has a bachelor's from Chapel Hill, anyway. This is the viral video of her, and uh, she's my kind of firebrand.
5: Hello, everyone. Um, I've been coming here for five years now, and I was going to talk to you about some practical things that I thought you could change about 3210. But I've changed my mind. Um, I've been really confused over the last five years as to why we spend 45 minutes to an hour of every public meeting talking about how great everyone is and how great everything is in the schools, and now I've figured it out. I've figured it out because all these people came here to defend you all from hurtful words. This is obnoxious. Let me just say, there is one goal for the educational system. It should be to prepare children to enter careers, to be productive members of society. It is not a counseling session. It is not a self-help area. It is not somewhere to find yourself and we should not be led by the children for goodness sake. The children are called dependents for a reason. They depend on us who have fully developed brains. You cannot feel
0: your way through life. By her definition, there are a lot of adults That don't have fully developed brains that are voting, working adults that are feeling their way through life and they feel like indoctrinating our children. And they do so with titles like teachers and counselors at public schools, not just in North Carolina, but throughout this great nation.
5: The issues that we are talking about. We are bringing you statistics. We are talking about scholastics. We are talking about funding. We are talking about busing. We are talking about trying to figure out how to make our children be as successful as possible. And I am sure that that is your goal. And what we have been called tonight is what they're claiming that we're saying to children. We're having an adult conversation. There are not children in this room. We aren't going into the schools and calling them names. They call us Marxists and hateful and bigots and everything else under the sun. Well, let me tell you, less than 5% of the entire population of North Carolina identifies as LGBTQ. You guys all claim you want democracy. Well, you know what democracy is? It's the majority plus one. It's 50 plus 1. You know what? More than 50% of the people in this state claim that they believe in God. Almighty God who made us male and female. God who made marriage between a
0: man and a woman. God who said that we must protect our children. Uh, she, she isn't wrong. She isn't wrong. It's in the very beginning, in the very first book. Very first book right here. Book of Genesis a book believed uh, by all Judeo-Christian faiths. And it says uh, here that uh, in Genesis, that God created man and woman. And 50, more than 50 plus one of people in North Carolina believe this. Yet what we're seeing by these people And Look, North Carolina is a microcosm of what we're seeing throughout the United States, a small majority. They they talk about our democracy, our democracy. We don't believe in a pure democracy, but if we did, they're violating their own pure democracy.
5: The fact that we can stand up here and we know, we can brag about all of the wonderful graduations, but we know, we know the statistics, 50% of children did not pass their end of grade tests. What are we celebrating? We have, we have children coming up here telling us how horrible the mental health crisis is. Why? Most of us went to public school, and all of, our, all of our peers are not in mental health crises. We have to ask ourselves, what are we doing to our children? I'm going to say, we are discussing things with them that they are not emotionally, intellectually, and morally able to handle. That is what is causing the anxiety. That is what is causing the depression. That is what is causing the confusion. We need our children to be able to be children, to be able to be innocent, to be able to enjoy childhood not know all of the drama and all of the difficulties in adult life. That is what we want. We want our children to be able to read and write and to think for themselves. And we demand that the children who fear God are protected in your school.
0: Bravo. Bravo, Michelle Morrow. I hope you win. I hope you beat the Marxists in the state of North Carolina. Because this is the kind of idiocy that we're seeing. Controversy erupts when student fails quiz for answering correctly. Children are taught the opposite. A controversy that appears to pit science against the leftist ideology of wokeness with wokeness winning has erupted in the Pacific Northwest. Of course, this should come as no surprise that the leftist granola crunchers of the Pacific Northwest, that this would happen in in that part of the country. It's because of a student failed a quiz in school by answering correctly and scientifically, but his responses were contrary to the wokeness in which public schools are submerged these days. Uh, This is a case that was profiled by Jason Rance on his program on KTTH. Seattle student failed quiz for saying, men can't get pregnant. An activist history teacher failed a Seattle student on a quiz for saying only women can get pregnant and that only men have penises. A 10th grade ethnic studies world history teacher. Why the hell are kids going to ethnic studies world history? Uh, Well, okay. I mean, world history. Yes. Ethnic studies world history. Sounds like a, this used to be an anthropology class in the nineties. Am I not wrong? Anyway, we want our kids to learn world history. A 10th grade ethnic studies world history teacher at Chief South International High School in Seattle gave students a quiz titled, Understanding Gender Versus Sex. The quiz provided a series of statements to label true or false or questions with multiple choices. Many of the questions focus on personal pronoun use. When someone uses they-them pronouns, what does that mean about their gender identity or assumptions one may make about gender identity? Transgender people are gay, true or false? Two questions, however, are objectively false, but students are taught the opposite. Question four was a true or false question with the statement, All men have penises. The student labeled the statement true, since it is, in fact, true. But the teacher penalized the answer, marking it incorrect. The teacher claims women can have a penis. Similarly, question seven was a true or false question with the statement, Only women can get pregnant. Again, the student marked the statement, true, because only women can get pregnant. Again, the teacher penalized the student, insisting the answer is false. The teacher believes men can get pregnant. The student's mother wrote to Jason Rant Show on conservative talk radio 770 KTTH over there in the Pacific Northwest in the Seattle area, expressing frustration and anger. She says she expressed concerns to the school, but was met. With silence. Of course. Because silence is violence. And that's what they wish upon her. For questioning. Now talk about silence is violence. Check this out. I don't know if you guys are familiar with. I just discovered uh, Vigilant News. And here's an article from Vigilant News. Italian health minister under investigation for Murder. For concealing COVID-19 vaccine deaths. This is literally where silence is violence, if you believe that. Because by concealing or being silent on COVID vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine deaths, they wrought death and violence on others. He knew the shots were killing people and gave orders to local health authorities to conceal deaths and serious effects. Former Italian health minister Roberto Speranza is under investigation for homicide after emails revealed that from the very start of the vaccinations, he knew the shots were killing people and gave orders to local health authorities to conceal deaths and serious side effects in order to reassure Italian citizens of their safety and to not jeopardize the vaccination campaign. This was reported by Infowars contributor Greg Reese and he posted it uh, and it was was posted uh, on Twitter. And it's gone viral and it was shared by Alex Jones. Check this out.
4: Former Italian Health Minister Roberto Speranza is under investigation for homicide after emails reveal that from the very start of the vaccinations, he knew the shots were killing people and gave orders to local health authorities to conceal deaths and serious side effects in order to reassure Italian citizens of their safety and to not jeopardize the vaccination campaign. This story has been reported on both German and Italian news networks. I will now provide an English translation. The Rome Public Prosecutor's Office is investigating Roberto Speranza, the Italian government's health minister, during the time of COVID measures. He was responsible for the vaccination campaign. The investigations are the result of complaints related to the so-called AIFA emails from the Italian Medicines Agency. The former director of AIFA, Nicola Magrini, is also under investigation. The publication of these internal emails revealed that they had been aware of the dangers of the COVID vaccination from the start. The accusation is that the responsible minister and the head of the drug authority knowingly and deliberately exposed the unsuspecting Italian population to this risk. Yes, they encouraged Italians to get vaccinated. Vaccination was even made mandatory for certain professional groups. Consequently, many side effects, including fatal ones, came to light. The investigations are for murder, serious bodily harm, and more, because Speranza and Magrini evidently gave instructions to the local health authorities to conceal the deaths and serious side effects that occurred immediately after the vaccinations began.
0: From the onset, they knew that it was dangerous, but big pharma had to make those profits. People were getting pressured and paid off, turn a blind eye and tell other- everyone else to turn a blind eye. It's not just in America that we had this tyranny or in Canada or in Australia or New Zealand everywhere in the Western world and not just the Western world. Let's go to what happened last week in Asia.
4: Last week, the House of Representatives of the Philippines passed a resolution to investigate over 260,000 unexplained excess deaths in 2021 and 67,000 unexplained excess deaths in 2022. The next day, they were hit by a 7.6 magnitude earthquake. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
0: It's a worldwide struggle against these globalist monsters. That's why we call them globalists. We are all under... I'm not going to say we're victims or under all under their tyranny, but we're all under the threat of their money and their power where people look the other way and sell out their fellow human beings to be part of the cabal, to make money, to have power, not to have to work. They'll do what they're told, even if it means mass murder. What are your thoughts on anything I have covered? Please put your thoughts down below uh, at Patreon, Locals, and Spotify. Once again, if you're on Locals and you click on the thumbnail and there's no link that's going to take you to a video, make sure you go to the actual post. There will be a link toward the top that you can click on that will take you to where you can see the video. Hopefully, they'll get this thing sorted within the next week. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless. And for those of you that are going to be in Tulare, uh, California at the Agra Center, I will see you at the uh, Reawakening Tour this weekend.